Hello, Pioneering Today podcast listeners. So on today's episode, which is number 71, we are going over five frugal tips from Ma Ingalls and the Pioneers. I'm really excited about that because I have to tell you, the Laura Ingalls Wilder and the Little House on the Prairie series was one of my favorite growing up. I totally blame it for my all of my homesteading obsession and old-fashioned life living that um, I love. So I have a feeling that you are probably familiar with that too, especially if you're listening to the Pioneering Today podcast with me. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about five frugal tips. Now, Ma and Laura Ingalls didn't run to town to browse the shoe department or find just the right top for that weekend's barn raising. They didn't need to dedicate a day to their overflowing closet so that they could declutter, donate, and reorganize their clothing. Now, lest you think that I'm being judgy, my hand is raised right now. This is a confession sentence. But I did have a Ma Ingalls moment, which kind of spurned this entire episode. So keep listening. It is a good thing. Ma and Laura did not have need for shoe organizers either. So the Pioneers usually had two pairs of shoes at most. They had one everyday pair, but during the spring and summer months and even into fall, shoes were optional. Actually, most little feet never touched a shoe during the summer. This was especially true for the kids, except for Sunday service. And when I was young, I could run barefoot all over the rocks and not wince. Here in the Pacific Northwest, we actually are near the river and my dad has property, which we actually call the homestead that he grew up in. It's where they came out from North Carolina in the 1940s and it's right on the river. And here are rivers. We're lucky if you can find a sandy bank. Most of them, it's river rock. So when I was little, I could run barefooted all over those river rocks and boulders and not wince, didn't hurt my feet a bit. Them babies were tough. So I have to say, is it a sign of old age when one can no longer do this without wincing? Or is it just a sign of not going barefoot enough? And I really like the second one better, so that's the one we're going with. Now, as a whole, we tend to be a society who really has too much. We have too many things. And consequently, we throw away too much. And it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But It seems that we're constantly on this treadmill of wanting more, but we're never really being satisfied with the more, which is why we have to keep making room by getting rid of or donating or throwing out things, and then we bring more things in to replace it. Now, I realize that this is not true for everyone, but I have fallen into this in the past, and if I'm being truthful, probably even present day a little bit. When I was little and growing up, we didn't have a lot of money, and my mom made most of my clothes, especially in the younger elementary school grades. And of course, I wanted to fit in with all of the rest of the kids at school, and that meant store-bought clothes. And from the time I was about 14 years old, I started working, and in high school, I bought most of my own clothes. My parents gave me a small amount of money to go towards buying any new clothes that I needed at the beginning of the school year, but anything that I wanted, and this was for shoes, coats, everything, beyond that amount, I had to use myself. So that was with money that I earned. So I always had a job, sometimes two, actually, during high school. And because I used the money that I had earned, I became an 
expert clearance rack and thrift store fashionista. Let me tell you, I learned how to shop on pennies, you guys. But this still resulted in too many clothes. And I think it's because what I felt when I was younger that I didn't have necessarily what I wanted. I definitely had what I needed. But I think that that for me with clothes that I tended to kind of stockpile and want more clothes than I needed. So back to the thrift store, I would go when I had, when I have too many to redonate them, but then I'd also go in to find more, which makes no sense. But that is what I did for a lot of years. Now, if we look at the pioneers and specifically Ma and Laura Ingalls, because they are some of my favorite. Oh, and I have to put in here, guys, um, we are going to be getting to, I'm very, very excited about this, but this episode and the blog post is sponsored in part by Little House on the Prairie and their new handover fabric collection, which is a Little House on the Prairie inspired entire fabric line, which I'm super excited about. Um, And I'm going to get to that in just a minute. But I just wanted to put that in there. So the Pioneers, which was Ma and Law Ringles, what I think of the Pioneers a lot, they only had a few items of clothing. So you had your Sunday best, which was usually only worn, obviously, on Sunday or for very special occasions. Maybe two day dresses, and this kind of depended on, you know, how much money the family had and, and where they were at on the frontier. And then usually one chore dress or barn dress or one really older dress that you wore when you were going to go out and get good and dirty. So while most of us aren't going to only have a total of four outfits, we can still learn a lot from this principle and put it into practice. And that's what today's episode is all about. So these are my five frugal tips from Laura Ingalls and the Pioneers. And the very first one is to only keep what you wear. It sounds too simple, right? But really truthfully, go through your closet and keep only what you wear on a consistent basis. So I have to tell you guys, I have one dress that I've worn twice in three years. Twice. (laughs) We have a free clothing giveaway at our church. And usually it's hosted twice a year in the spring and in the fall. And everybody just brings in their clothing that is still very nice and in good shape. And we set it up and then after church, anybody is welcome to go and take anything that they want. And then after that, we take it and donate it to the Goodwill or other other areas that can use clothing, other types of organizations. So I put it in the bag. I liked the dress, but obviously I didn't like it enough that I wasn't wearing it on a consistent basis. And again, it was a thrift store find. <laughs> That's like my motto. I should have it on a shirt, I swear. But I wasn't wearing it on a consistent basis. So if you're not wearing it on a consistent basis, you probably really don't need it. And that was the case for me. Now, one caveat to this is if you live where you have extreme seasons, and here in the Pacific Northwest, I don't have quite as extreme seasons as a lot of you do where you get the really cold, long winters and super hot summers, but we do still have seasons. So I pack away my summer clothes and then I bring them back out when summer hits, which here in the Pacific Northwest, we joke and say is usually not until July 5th after the 4th of July. And then I have the same with some winter clothes that I'm not, that I don't wear at all during the summer. So those I don't, um, I only count those for the season. So if it's something I haven't worn all summer, then when I'm packing away those summer clothes, then I will evaluate on whether or not I'm going to keep it for the following summer. So my second frugal tip is to repurpose the clothing. And this is probably one of my favorites. So this is where a pioneer-minded person's list is going to differ than a lot of people when you talk about reorganizing or you know slim, um, getting things pared down in your home and decluttering. Because those of us who are frugal-minded 
we know that there's a lot that we can do with an item other than its intended use. And I have to tell you all, fabric is expensive these days. So I do my best. If it is a really nice piece of fabric, if I like the print, it's in good shape, that kind of a thing, then I will look at it and think of a way that I can use that before I donate it. Now, if I don't have a way I can use it, and you know, then I'm not going to necessarily keep everything because then we're getting into pack rats, <laughs> which can happen too. But I will look at it and see if I can use it in a different way. So Ma Ingalls knew that she could take her dress and you, she could cut it down for a dress for one of her girls, Mary, Laura, or Carrie, or cut up parts of the dress that weren't too worn and then put them in her fabric scrap bag. And you do have a scrap bag of material, right? I know it's old fashioned, but I've had one since I was eight years old. Yeah, I think I just confirmed I am totally an old-fashioned soul. So another question to ask yourself is, could you take that dress and possibly turn it into a skirt? How about making those pants into a purse? What about cutting that shirt down into a dress for your daughter? So recently, I took two old sweaters and I turned them into a stocking hat with a very cute little flower on it fingerless gloves, an infinity cowl scarf, and two sets of boot socks, one for myself and one for my daughter. And you know I've got the how-to for you to do, right? So I have the post six do-it-yourself old sweater projects that you have to make. And you guys, these turned out so super cute. I'm not kidding you. I wore them to work. I wore the hat with the fingerless glove and the boot socks to work. I work at during the day. I have a day job. <laughs> um, I'm a pharmacy technician. And I wore them to work. And I am not kidding you. I got more compliments on those than anything I have worn in a super long time. People loved them. So I really love being able to take old things and repurpose them into cute, very fashionable and workable things that serve a purpose. So if you are listening to this and not reading the blog post, you can grab all of the show notes and all of the links, all of the resources at melissaknorris.com. Click on the podcast button. And this is episode number 71, which is five frugal tips from Ma Ingalls and the Pioneers. So you can grab the link to that tutorial and make all of those sweater projects yourself. Now, number three is you need to learn some basic mending and sewing skills. Now, I am not a seamstress by any stretch of the imagination, guys, but I can sew a seam, I can gather fabric, and I can mend a hole. So if you can sew a straight seam, and confession, sometimes mine aren't all that straight, much to my mother's chagrin, but you could still do quite a bit. Now, a straight basic stitch is going to allow you to hem a pair of pants or skirt, And if you're not wearing an item because it doesn't fit right, you can gather fabric and usually bring it in at the waistline. And a lot of times my kids will rip their pants on the seam. So instead of tossing them out, okay, me too, I will tend to rip things too, is you can sew it back up in just a few minutes and it's as good as new, sometimes better. My fourth tip is to take a quilting to a new level. So quilting is something that the pioneers did because it allowed them to take smaller bits of fabric that couldn't be used to all by itself to make something and to turn it into something both beautiful and useful. Quilting was the original creativity outlet and artistry for the pioneer women. So she might not have been able to take art classes or decorate her home like we do now, but she could create practical beauty with her blankets. So you might not have a lot of one pattern of fabric or a large piece of one fabric, but by piecing it together, 
the different patterns, then you can create one large piece. So my mom helped me sew this dress for my daughter out of fat quarters that I received for free from the New Little House on the Prairie Andover Fabrics collection. And I just was sent fat quarters of the material, which wasn't enough, you know, obviously a, a quarter of a yard. When I say fat quarters, that's a quarter of a yard isn't really enough to make an article of clothing all by itself. So we pieced it together to make the cutest dress, you guys. It is just darling. And I've got pictures of it all up on the blog post, the show notes that go with this episode. So you're going to totally want to check those out. I am just in love with it. I think it is one of the cutest dresses ever. In fact, I'm halfway tempted to try and make one for myself and an adult size. I love it. So if you don't have... We actually, even with the quarters that I received from the Andover Fabrics collection, we still didn't actually have quite enough to make the full dress for my daughter. And right now she's um, in a 6T. So I went to my scrap bag of fabric, which is actually a wicker basket, but technically it's still like a scrap bag. And I found the bottom strip of fabric that you see on the dress was actually a small strip of fabric that I had left from my very first quilt project, get this guys, from when I was eight years old. So that fabric, I held onto it and it actually did come back into place. So those um, frugal roots of mine are coming out and my father and my grandmother would have been very proud. So you can use this same process of just putting strips of fabric together and piecing it together. You could use it to make a skirt. Like I mentioned, I think I'm going to make a skirt for myself. And if you didn't have enough to do a dress like we did, you could just use it to make a, um, just a skirt as well. You could do it to make a pillow. I love the quilted look on everything in the home. So you could do it for a pillow. You could also do it for a small wall hanging if you didn't have enough for a full-on quilt. But, of course, you could also do a quilt, which quilts are another love of mine. I have them all over the house. And my tip number five is don't let fear or perfectionism stand in your way. So I've had a sweater and two shirts that were set aside to either repurpose or alter for way longer than I care to admit, you guys. You see how I didn't actually admit to how many months right there? Yeah, so <laughs> I was scared I would that I would totally mess it up. I am not very confident in my sewing skills, truth be told. But we only learn by doing. And I'm here to tell you that the seam ripper will be your friend. Apparently, I had a shirt that I was taking in and I thought my waist was way smaller than it was because the first time that I took it in, the shirt would not even button after I was done. I had taken that puppy in way too far. So I got to rip out both the seams and start over, and that's okay. The second time, I got it right as far as being able to button the shirt, but I had started the seam on one side. I had measured wrong, so my waist started an inch lower on one side on the other. So then I had to go back again. Third time was a charm. So usually with sewing, you can always take it out and you can start over. And I leave plenty of extra fabric whenever I cut So, and I don't trim it away until I know it's going to fit and look okay. And I'm sure with time that I'm going to get better at this, but we don't get better unless we're actually doing it. And I know that a lot of times when we're doing something new that we tend to dread it and build it up in our mind as harder than it is. So I just want to encourage you to just try it. Now, if you have someone, I am so fortunate that my mom does so and she could come and help me. But when I did the sweater projects and I took this shirt in, she actually, I did call her to ask her to come and help me. 
but she was not available to come and help me. And so I had to do it by myself. And I'm actually really glad that I did because it gave me a new skill set. And now, oh my goodness, guys, I have got like two or three more sweaters that I'm going to be repurposing and making into more clothes and some more items to alter. I am so excited. And it I also, it pulled out items in my closet that I wasn't using and putting them to use in things that I am going to wear and I am going to use. So those are my five tips from my Ingles that are frugal tips that will get you through. And because we're going into the Christmas season, they make great gifts. I've actually put up some of the ones that I made for my daughter and they're going to be part of her Christmas present, which I'm really excited about. So if you love old fashioned things like I do, if you are a Laura Ingles and Little House on the Prairie fan, which if you're listening to the Pioneering Today podcast, I'm going to bet that you are. Uh, Today's show is also brought to you by my new book, The Made from Scratch Life, Simple Ways to Create a Natural Home. And it is available for pre-order on both Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. And you can also go to moleskinnorris.com backslash books. And it is filled with old-fashioned tips and how-tos and stories and inspiration for old-fashioned simple life living. So I Thank you so much for joining me today. And remember that you can grab all of the resources. And I actually linked to in the resource section, there is a link that you can find, you can punch in, and it's a locator that you can see what stores are carrying the new Little House on the Prairie Andover fabric line. So if you can go and check that out near you. And then I also link to... Um, a basic sewing kit. So if you are brand new to sewing and you haven't started sewing yet, there is a sewing kit there for beginners. And then I also linked to you guys. I'm so excited. I found the brand of sewing machine that I have is 68% off right now. So I linked to that as well. And if you are listening to this before December 14th, 2015, Little House on the Prairie has paired up and we have a huge giveaway going over on the blog, you guys. So you can get a bunch of the fabric and then some of the books and other things. It's valued at over $300. So it's an awesome giveaway and I would love to have you entered and it'll be over and shipped before Christmas. Isn't that awesome? So you can go and grab that at mostkinorris.com podcast button. And this is episode number 71. So have a wonderful and old fashioned frugal day and I will catch you next time.